This week, the pod comes down with a fever of the FA Cup variety. Welcome to the FL Sesh podcast. Welcome back to your favourite EFL podcast, uh, turned FA Cup podcast for the week. But you'll you'll soon find out what 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 that means. Um, I'm obviously one half, the worst half of our our, our stunning stunning duo. There you go, I've upgraded us, um, Joe, Andy, as the uh, as the one that takes us from from subpar to stunning. How how are you doing? How's your weekend been? How's your week been? How are you? <laughs> That was a very a lot of questions in uh, one one uh, one go there, but I'm absolutely delightful, Joe. Um, very good. Uh, yeah, had a good um, had a good week. Uh, pretty chilled out. Um, this weekend was was good. Um, obviously kept up with all the all the FA Cup madness, and uh, we'll talk about a little bit of that <laughs> this week, which I'm very excited for. Actually, I suppose when you talk EFL, you kind of forget because normally, like. Yeah, everyone like raves about like the third round of the FA Cup weekend, which normally happens just after the new year, doesn't it? And that weekend's mm-hmm. always mad. But obviously, we're feet in the FL. We're obviously feasted, and we've got a appetite for the FA Cup in the first round. So I'm very much excited to to deep into that. But yeah, all good, mate. Looking forward to get into it. And uh, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a wild ride the last week, and looking forward to dissect it, mate. Oh, exciting times. Uh, that uh, and I'm now more excited as well after hearing that. I, I was, you know, I was thinking just a just an ordinary pod, but apparently not. There's plenty of excitement to come. Um, not least of which, straight off the bat, I've I've made promises, a lot of promises to people. I bring this up today. Um, the official Emirates FA Cup account um, posting rule satiru content. So comparing him to Jude Bellingham, when really there is no comparison. Jude Bellingham grew up with rule satiru posters on his wall and. We all know it. So Jude Bellingham as well, avid listener of the pod. He yeah. he's phoned in before, and unfortunately, we, we we just stopped going live. So we just had to have a little chat with him offline. But um, yeah. yeah, he said keep up the good work. Um, would love to come on one day, but he's occasionally busy at the weekends. Um, yeah. So watch this space. Jude Bellingham guest incoming. I'd imagine. Could get his brother on. To be fair, could get Joe on playing at Sunderland currently, right? So yeah, true. Be- yeah. We we'll get yeah, both of them. Why not? Good. Yeah, 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 why not the Bellingham on. clan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Get the Bellingham yeah. clan on your head at first. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a wild one as well. Yeah, the, the... Mm. <laughs> that's a wild, wild, wild take there at the start. But um, I think what we were going to start with Joe today was mm. um, a little bit of a manager update before we get into our kind of like EFL game reviews. So yes. um, obviously we alluded to last week, and uh, it, there's been an absolute. EFL manager merry-go-round happening, but there has been some updates since we last spoke. So the first one I want to talk about, Joe, and get your hot take on was QPR's new manager. So we exclusively said on the pod last week, we were pretty much expecting, and there was a lot of reports that Neil Warnock was going to come in and Mm. take the reins to the end of the season. But then as QPR, I don't know, they just seem to throw (laughs) curveballs in every way, shape or form at the moment. Uh, They've actually um, appointed uh, Marty Sifuentes, I think that's Mm. how you say it. That was a great attempt. Yeah, Yeah. how about that? Um, Mm. As as their permanent head coach um, for, I think it was a two and a half year deal. 
it was quite quite a long deal. Um, and not gonna lie, never even heard of him in my life. But um, I'm looking at his career stats. I'll go through it apparently. Mm. So from Wikipedia, so it's obviously a really kind of uh, <laughs> trustworthy source. The, <laughs> the only the only ones we've kind I kind of like uh, know is. Most recently, he was manager of Hammerby IF. I think that's in the Finnish league or the Danish league, maybe. Um, no, Swedish league actually. I was going to say try Sweden. We could just do all the Scandinavian. Yeah, all the all the Nordic <laughs> leagues. Um, so he's he's only forty one, so relatively young in the managerial kind of uh, cut like age bracket, but seems a bit of a unknown entity, Joe. It's a seems a bit of a crazy one. His win percentage. Generally, um, at Hammerby wasn't too bad. Seventy-four win, seventy-four played, thirty-nine wins, nineteen draws, and sixteen losses. Fifty-two point seven win percent average. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I suppose you can look at it from QPR's perspective. Do you go with a proven, really, really proven manager that will probably get you probably safety and probably that's about it, or do you go like? maybe like Ipswich did 18 months ago and go for a young up and coming potential manager and maybe risk going down for one season, but then him probably bringing you up and, and, and providing that longevity and that potential, that potential. So it's very, I, I don't know which way I stand on it. I would say, I probably would say Warnock was a safer bet probably to get him out of that. Then maybe bring someone in him like, like him maybe in the summer give him a whole summer transfer window and a whole pre-season to mould the squad. But I can definitely see potentially why they've done it now, because why not? They're probably going to go down from the way they're playing. They're pretty trash at the moment. And <laughs> maybe, they, maybe, maybe they're maybe looking for the future. I don't know what you think, Joe. What do you think on Marty, Marty's appointment? Yeah, well, in a similar way to Jude, me and Marty are very, very good friends. Yeah. And I'd say what he's done at Hammerby is... Nothing short of impressive. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't speak to much of his early career. Kicking around the Spanish non-leagues, I can't imagine that's a particularly, uh, a particularly high, high level of football. But um, I mean, from what he's done in in Sweden, um, his various clubs, it seems to be okay. I, I, I don't know. I, it might, it might go well for them. It might not. I think I'm in the similar boat of. I feel like. I would have got in a manager that could have given us a chance to stay up this year. And it potentially feels like they're throwing in the towel a bit with, with this one, but yeah. who knows, maybe make a complete mug of me. They And, you know, it goes without saying our, our reputation precedes us when it comes to our predictions. So I imagine this time next year, we'll be talking about QPR and the Prem, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, it'd be quite the turn up, turn out, turn up for, um, yeah, for this Hammerby, Hammerby football graduate to, uh, to take them up. Hammerby, incidentally, yeah. part owned by Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He owns about a quarter of the club, which is There you go. Yeah. I'd... Maybe maybe pull some strings maybe for to get him the appointment, maybe you never know. That I tell you, I'd love to know what the connection there would be. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic <laughs> to QPR. Like why he'd have a vested interest in getting Marty Sifuentes into QPR from Hammerby. That would be uh, there's the makings of a story in there. We should just make up a rumor, maybe. Maybe we should make up why. 
Yeah, um, probably make us go viral, to be fair. Yeah, as far as I know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has loads of money on QPR to get relegated this year. And that's why he's <laughs> orchestrated this uh, this this plan. Um, yeah, agreed. I think yeah. um, but <laughs> his, his start didn't really... Uh, he's, he's already, already, already had his first game, obviously. And uh, they had a very inspiring... Was it one-all draw with Rotherham? So that's obviously a really good mm. start. And... A, a team you need to be beating, right? They're relegation rival. They need to be beating, beating them. So it hasn't started the greatest, I'd say. I'd, I'd, I'd say if you're a brand new manager coming in, you probably want a game like Rotherham as your first game as a manager for that club because it probably allows you to have the best chance of getting three points on the board. So the fact it wasn't the most inspiring performance and it's not a good start, I would say. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think it was maybe an opportunity missed for Marty and his team to really set precedent maybe mm. no no new bout i'll oh, flipping it i'm getting my words mixed up no new manager rebotar as martis <laughs> if Fuentes might say uh manager bounce i'm assuming it is yes or maybe if if he had taken to his sort of swedish roots no new manager studza nice yeah I'm here all week for translation jobs as well as the podcast. I sort of moonlight as a translator in my spare time. So just a small flavor of what I could give to you if um, if you ever need anything translating. This is why this is why people listen to the FL Sesh podcast. It's not just a football podcast. It's a it's it's a it's a stat man's dream. It's a fact mm. paradise and also it's a bilingual masterpiece so you know there's no reason why you shouldn't listen and on that i'll plug the socials listen to us on a while major podcasting platforms apple music amazon music and uh spotify whatever you get your podcasts and also follow us on the twitter on instagram at afl sesh pod and get involved and, and keep growing our content with it's, it's growing week by week which is great and we're getting more and more listeners every single week and very very far field we're going worldwide now joe some of the locations we're we're being streamed at it's great to see love it unsurprising with jude telling all of his mates in spain but <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm i'm just writing down fact paradise that's that's made my week to be involved in a facts paradise. <laughs> Good. Uh, my my expanding vocabulary is well, my vocabulary is probably expanding probably by being with you a, a lot of the time because your vocabulary <laughs> range is high. Um, I'm quite simple. Well, we obviously went from damp squib to fat fact paradise. <laughs> um, but <laughs> It's it's all good. It's all good. We digress, Joe. Let's crack mm. on with the rest of the managerial updates. And I suppose literal hot off the press. We're recording this and it's just nearly half past five on, on, on a Monday. Um, and Joe Edwards has just been announced as the Millwall manager. So it's obviously Gary Rowett left um, two weeks ago and it's been a rigorous kind of head coach search for, for Millwall. I think if I remember rightly, um, Nathan Jones was on the shortlist uh, to get to get on the on the role, and also um, uh, Michael Bill, who recently just been sat by Rangers, um, was it was in the list. But Joe Edwards has been given the nod. A relatively a very young coach, thirty seven, so on the kind of faint, you know, kind of same breadth as maybe a Kieran McKenna, very young manager. But he is the current England under twenty, or most recently been in charge of the England under twenty side, who. You know, I've had relative very good success, a very youth, a youth prospect uh, in managerial terms, and uh, he seems to have had a good educa- education. He was part of the setup with Tuchel at Chelsea, who won the Champions League in 2021. So seems to have a bit, you know, quite a good pedigree, and he seems a very young upcoming and 
exciting manager. I think. I, I think Ed J- Millwall was, you know, for their for their standards, their start of the season has been very poor. They're you know sixteenth, seventeenth, or sixteenth in the league, very low in the table um, at the time of recording. Where are they in the league? Uh, they are eighteenth, even worse. I gave them too much credit. Um, they're normally flirting around the playoffs, so I think. I suppose different to QPR situation because I know Millwall will probably be safe because they've got a really good squad there, young squad, good quality, that probably a younger manager can come in and start moulding them and instilling a style of play which probably will prop them up the table. So I think it probably is a good thing. I'm quite excited by this appointment, Joe. It's good to see young young coaches getting a, getting some real good um, prospects in the EFL. What about you? It's exciting. I don't know if it's sensible, but it's certainly yeah. exciting. It's a good laugh. I think is, I mean, obviously he's been following Lampard around for a few years. Yeah. So he's sort of got a lot of assistant manager experience at Chelsea, and I believe he took him to Everton as well. But yeah. as far as head coaching goes, I think his only experience is the England under twenties, and even then, that was, I think he's been in charge of like two games, hmm. and he, I, I want to say he's lost them both. Not, not that that has really any bearing on, um, you know how. Yeah, he did. He lost to Romania and Portugal. Whoops. Um, not that that has any real bearing on, you know, whether or not he'll do well at a club level, but it's a huge gamble. I, but then, you know, like you say, I don't necessarily... What's the point in going for the safe... Well, the point is you stay in the division. I suppose what's the point in going for the safe manager every time, but I think John Eustace would have kept them up, but it doesn't matter. They might it switch it. Who knows? We could Who be knows? talking about them in the same breadth as, uh, yeah, as it switch and McKenna in in six months time so hey it, roll the dice why not i have no vested interest in all staying up this 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 seems like a good a good fun uh employment that's not the word yeah. i'm looking for but see i'm i'm reverse i'm reversing i'm i'm expending so much word that i'm minusing word in my brain um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be a good laugh. We'll we'll have to wait and see. I'm I've so little to go on. I normally try and you know pull out a few bits and pieces, but Joe Edwards is a myth. He's just a mystery yeah. man. He's just appeared, but he seems to have surprised all the Mill fans as well. <laughs> I don't think any of them were expecting it, but no. Yeah. Joe Edwards, uh, Millwall taking the rabbit at the proverbial, proverbial, that's the word I was looking for. Yes, we're all at it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, And yeah, we just have to see how he gets on. Uh, He's got a sort of nice fixture on his first game. He's got Sheffield Wednesday away. I know Hillsborough's a tough place to go, but by the way that Sheffield Wednesday are playing, it's probably a good game for Joe, Joe Edwards to come in and and try and make make his... claim and, and get the fans on side with three points hopefully and I think he'll take a bit of a bit of encouragement from the weekend's performance against Southampton they only lost literally in the last seconds didn't they to hmm. classic like Ryan Fraser again one of them players that you think how is he in the championship I quite like hmm. Ryan Fraser um, again 93rd minute shenanigans I think he, he did that in the last couple of games didn't he for Southampton he's had some like 90, 90th minute winners gotta love it um, but I think he'll take a little bit of heart out of that and I think that's uh, that they'll take um, they'll probably take a bit of confidence into the Sheffield Wednesday game and I would in my mind if I was put any money on I think I'd probably put for Millwall win I think they might get that new manager well probably can't say any different language than english because mm. he's an english manager so new manager bounce um on the weekend so absolutely excellent so yeah that, that's the current manager on merry-go-round we've still obviously got the uh i think bristol city is still awaiting their manager but that could be pretty pretty soon 
again, seen Nathan Jones. I've seen Michael, but I've seen quite a lot of players. I've seen Lampard linked with the Bristol City job as well, actually, as well. I've seen Lampard linked with it. I think that could happen, maybe. So there's so if Lampard gets another job, oh my days. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> I quite like it when he gets jobs because it reminds it, it, it sort of rekindles that spark in me that maybe I too one day will be charitably offered a football manager's job by virtue of just being alive because I can't really see anything else on his CV at the moment which would warrant sort of a, a managerial position at a real club above yeah. like you know local child under 15s level yeah that's um and and you'll be absolutely absolutely over the moon it's Bristol City as well if it does happen because uh it can't bring us down we're on the charge <laughs> you wouldn't uh you, yeah I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them to stop that <laughs> early season optimism if they, if they go for that so mm. it will be interesting cool well that's our that's our kind of like managerial merry-go-round um uh uh summary um mm. there. And we're going to go straight into our game reviews. We're going to do a little bit different this week. So we'll obviously have our, there was a full championship game week. So we'll pick our game from the championship. Uh, Joe, I'm happy for you to start with that one if you want. Ooh, and then, exciting. Um, and then we've got two games in the in the FA Cup we want to uh, review uh, based on teams that have played in from the EFL, just ones that took our fancy. And then we have our pod, pod pick which, spoiler alert, mm. is an FA Cup game, and you probably can guess probably what game it is <laughs> based <laughs> on some of the uh, some of the games that have been played this weekend. So, yeah, our pod pick will be revealed uh, very shortly. So, Joe, let's go straight into it. Let's go into the Championship, and let's talk West Brom Hull, mate. Yes, we can. And those avid listeners of the pod, those being millions of avid listeners of the pod, will be quick to point out this is the very first time we have spoken about West Bromwich Albion this year, and you would be absolutely correct, it is. Um, Probably, as you pointed out, Andy, maybe slightly unfairly, because Mm. they're up in fifth position, they're on a bit of a a hot streak, and actually they've not been playing bad football under under Mr. Carlos Corbran so far, Mm. so... Yeah, here's here's your here's here's just a bit of the limelight that you can expect for the rest of the year, West Brom fans. Um, great start to the game. Fourteen minutes in, Jed Wallace one nil, love it. You're probably thinking, brilliant. Uh, let's dispatch Hull with a plum. Um, Lewis Coyle had other ideas. Forty first minute gets an equaliser, sends him in one all. Um, with an excellent flurry of yellow cards just before half time as well. Jean Jean Michel Seri and Carl Bartley take a bow. A um, couple of fouls, a couple of bookings in the 48th and 49th minute. So nice. top work. Um, gets him at half time. Corbrand shakes Carl Bartley's hands as well on the booking. Um, and Jed Wallace, score more goals, please. Um, second half kicks off. Jed Wallace doesn't do that. And Carl Bartley goes off injured after 10 minutes. However, 65th minute, Matt Phillips bangs one in. Deanne Garner assists him. I did not realise he was still at West Brom. But... Brady, yeah. Yeah, West Ham legend. West, West um, legend he was. There you go. But uh, two one, two one, and then six minutes later, seventy first minute, West Brom put the game to bed. Semi Ajayi again assisted by Dian Garner, who's seems like an unbelievable player for the championship. Three um, one, jobs are good and cue a flurry of substitutions. Um, nothing really doing with any of them. No more bookings. Boo. No more arguing. Um, game over. Sees West Brom sitting in fifth place, comfortably in the playoffs. 
Andy, I know. Well, oh no, sorry. Before I throw it over, I know I can actually. I actually heard as I tried to move on there the sort of collective ringing of voices in my ear. Throwing count twenty to twenty-three. So forty-three throw-ins, which again is pretty much bang on the forty-throw-in mark that we have established for the championship. So stats don't lie. Andy, I know you wanted to say something about Carlos Corbran, your guy. Yeah, I've you know from a from his start at, at West Brom this season, it was it was a little bit uninspiring if I'm being totally honest. But they're certainly on a run run right now. Um, I think that's that's three wins out of their last five. I'm you know I'm beating the three now. Um, you know gone up to fifth in the table, and I think they're one of the form teams in the league at the moment. They're playing some really good stuff, really good attacking prowess. Like for me, I'm you know looking at the squad they've got, you know. You know, Bartley's a good player. Dean Garner for the championship is good. Um, Matty Phillips has obviously had Premier League experience. Jed Wallace was obviously banging them in for Millwall like a couple of seasons ago, and he's he's proven in the championship. So I think they have a really good, you know, a good got. I think they've got Chalaber on the bench for you know they've got a really good squad depth. I think and for the championship and maybe I shouldn't be surprised that they're up there because they're, you know, they're, they're a very decent, they seem a decent side on paper and on paper, they probably should be a lot higher. I don't actually remember where I put them in my um, pre-season mm. predictions. Did I put Let them outside the playoffs? You, you put, um, where's Brom? In 12th, 12th well, position. Happened. I had them <laughs> in 21st. So <laughs> work that one out. <laughs> yeah, work that one out. Yeah. Um, no, no, uh, for me, I, I, I've, I've always kind of liked Carlos Corbran. I think he plays a very, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit naive, but he definitely plays an attacking style football. It's kind of what I call rock and roll football. Go at all guns blazing and, you know, maybe maybe forego a bit of defence um, on that. But you got to love it. 4-4-2, absolutely no-nonsense no nonsense, uh, line-up and uh, formation uh, appointed by Carlos. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm happy he's getting some good plaudits. I think he deserves it, I think. West Brom fans will be happy how the season's going now. I think they're kind of at the races. They kind of did a bit of a Middlesbrough start, and I think they're now probably on the on the straight and narrow. And I I, I think the way the way they're playing, I'd expect them probably to mount a playoff playoff push this season. I think, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they are there or thereabouts. You know, uh, come come May or come June this year next year. So, I suppose from from the other stats, I, I've quite I'm having a look. Five on target, three goals. That's good good conversion rate but i think generally most of the stats bar possession were in in a uh, west brom's favor i'm not too worried about hull you know hull have been a bit up and down this season they're only just outside the playoffs on in ninth i like rosinia seems to play some good football that's the first loss that you know they've had two straight wins and they you know they only lost this game so i won't worry too much about it um it's just how they react to, to that but i like rosinia he seems a good upcoming coach um, I think that's what we're seeing a lot in the EFL. I think we're seeing maybe less managers, more coaches in 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 the EFL, maybe or in the Championship. Like try and they don't really care about like being a manager. They just want to make players better and play football the right way. And I think you've got the emergence of people like McKenna, people like Rossini who've had a lot of plaudits. I like Corbran. I like um, is it Ishmael from 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 Watford? He's quite. He mm. seems a good coach. I think he seems to be coaching the players right. So yeah. As I said, I'm I'm glad for West Brom. I don't know why we haven't spoken about them because they've 
been on a bit of a good run the last like five or six weeks, but they're definitely getting their well-earned plaudits from the EFL Sesh podcast this week. So, you know, good, really good result for them. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't put it past them going on even more of a run recently uh, in, in the next few games. I don't know who they've got, who they've got next, but it'd be uh, interesting to see who they've got next if they... Uh, I know, I know Ipswich is playing very soon. Let me tell you, they've got it. How was it that you're after a West Brom? West Brom, West Brom's West game. Brom, they've got Southampton next. Yeah, uh, it's a tough game, but mm. by the way they're playing, I think that'd be a bit of a doozy. I think that'd be a good that'd be a good game. I can see them either nicking something or at least getting a point out of that game of the way of playing. So, you know, big up the West Brom. Hmm. I I like how you said you quite like Rossini. You didn't like him at the start of the year. You thought Hull were gonna come twenty first. Yeah, I did. So yeah, but... he um he didn't tickle your fancy at the start, but no, he didn't, he's, and I didn't he's... really fancy Hull at the start because I wasn't really inspired by their transfer business. But players like Liam Delap has certainly turned up, I think, this season. He and mm. getting people like Scott Twine and Tufan in, I think they're very two very good players. So they've proven to be good players anyway. So yeah, yeah, mate. You know, sometimes we are proved wrong, or actually, quite a lot of the time we're <laughs> wrong on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all good. Although I'm. Happy to see the to under Gary Caldwell on a bit of a barren spell right now. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's, that's low Cruel. key making Cruel. me happy. Yeah. Right now. Cool. Well, shall we move on from that game, Joe? Let's let's run away from it into the FA Cup. Oh, the FA Cup. You know, I, I do love the FA Cup. It, it sometimes feels like people think that the magic of the FA Cup is. Uh, is dwindling, but uh, I would tend to disagree with them because mm. the first game we're going to talk about is um, two teams that in their respective leagues are on absolute fire. So I was really excited for this game, actually. It was Chesterfield-Portsmouth. Chesterfield, obviously, flying high, top of the National League, um, and Portsmouth flying high, top of League One. And uh, it was only 1-0, and Naylor gets a goal in the 32nd minute to send... Spy, is it spy rights or spirits? It is, yeah, spy uh, rights. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Into uh, into raptures and puts him in the hat for the second round of the FA Cup. And I'd say probably the biggest for me, actually. I know we've, we'll talk about some games um, up and coming where there was definitely some shocks, but I would actually say this is probably the biggest scalp, you know, out of the whole round. You know, top of national league. There's two leagues, two leagues between them, and Portsmouth flying high, unbeaten in the league so far, and and playing some great stuff. So the fact that Chesterfield have knocked them out, I think that's a brilliant result. I think that's a very, I think maybe people, I don't know, but maybe people aren't surprised, but I was surprised by the result, and I think that's a massive scout for them. Um, seems that from you know, and you've got to love it. All ten substitutes used by Paul mm. Cook. Former Ipswich manager as well. I remember when I first went to swatch Ipswich with my partner's dad and uh, Paul Cook was the manager. It was a bit up and down, but a quite, you know, a quite, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was um, quite regimented and very organised, got his teams very organised and very, you know, you could see potentially how he was, his style of play it was very clear. Um, and it's obviously working at Chesterfield. They're absolutely running away at the moment with the National League. And obviously John Massinio, who's obviously got a lot of plaudits this season already for his amazing work at uh, um, at Portsmouth so far. So two two good managers. But from the stats, it looks like you know Chesterfield dominated, except for possession, forty two to fifty eight, eleven shots, six on target. Um, again, not the greatest, not the greatest uh, whip shot percentage, but. Um, you still got a 
create the chances and the more chances you create, the more you're going to likely going to score. So the fact that they've pretty much in every department bar possession has, has outstrengthened a very, very informed Portsmouth side. Mm. I think, I think, I think maybe it's not getting as much love as it should do. I think it's a very good result and something that I think they'll look back on um, and think, you know, this probably is a massive statement win of our season and probably will just give me more momentum. Like look at the last five games, 1-2-0, 1-2-0 away, 1-5-0 at home, 1-4-0 at home, 1-3-1 away in the last five games. They're absolutely on one right now, Chesterfield, and that result will absolutely just cement to them that we could probably get like a 100-point haul or like, you know, the similar haul that Notts County and Wrexham got last season in the in the National League. So, Big ups Chesterfield. I one of my friend one of my friends from uh I used to play five side football with, his name's James. He's a massive Chesterfield fan, so he was absolutely over the moon for this after this FA Cup game week. And uh yeah, no, up Chesterfield. I I've I would I would love to hear because obviously we've got a national league side and a league one side. What was the throwing count, Joe, from this game? Do we have a throwing count? Well, we do have a throwing count. Great shout. Um twenty five twenty six. So that's fifty one. So that's a league 51. one. Yeah, so League yeah. One, yeah, yeah, League One. And there you go. It was a League Average. One quality game. To be fair, yeah. I, this because they, they this was on ITV. It started this on telly. Yeah, and Chesterfield were very good. Yeah, and actually, I agree with it. Maybe being a slightly underrated, uh, not talked about enough result because Portsmouth played pretty much their first team, hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and Chesterfield did not look out of place against them, yeah. considering there were a legitimate two division gap in between them. They were very very impressive and. What did I say immediately after the game? Wouldn't like to face Chesterfield in the second round. No. And who were the first number out against Chesterfield away, Leighton Orient? So, well done. We were rewarded with a trip to a, a thankless trip to Chesterfield at the start of December that we will almost certainly get turned over in. But hey, you never know. In Wellens, we trust. Um, yeah, you never know. You never know. You could you could do something Portsmouth didn't do. So no, I think it's it's a hard place to go to Chesterfield. I think you know they've they, they've clearly got a bit of a home fortress going on right now. And uh, yeah, I think probably in the second round they were the team to avoid. I think in terms of banana yeah. skins. So good luck to Leighton Orient, and obviously good to see Leighton Orient in the second round of the FA Cup. Yep. Maybe you can make a third round appearance. Who knows? Get Who a big knows? get a big club. Get Man City Man City at home. Imagine that Man City coming to uh, Brisbane Road. That'd be a yeah. Absolute things on toast. Yep. I yeah. uh, speaking of difficult to get to, it, it is just legitimately quite difficult to get to on public transport. So mm. I was sort of having a look. Nightmare. Trains, buses, all over the place. Like, what the hell's going on? Um, get yeah. H just two built immediately. Um, I don't. I don't know if that will <laughs> help me get to Chesterfield, but if it would, I would approve it. Would you like some quick Chesterfield and Portsmouth FA Cup stats before we move on? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, love it. I say stats, I'm actually just going to ask you a series of questions that you most yeah. certainly wouldn't know the answer to unless you were a Chesterfield or Portsmouth fan, but here we yeah. go. Um, Chesterfield, 1997, their best ever FA Cup performance. Where do you reckon they came? Where do you reckon they got booted out at? Fourth round? It was the semi-final. Wow! And so they're in the third division against Middlesbrough, and they were 2-0 up and against 10 men against Middlesbrough. And they ended up drawing that game three all, and then got battered in the replay. But mm. what makes it worse is that they did actually score another goal, clearly over the line. You can YouTube it yeah. for those who've got the internet. Very obviously over the line, not given, <sighs> not given. Disaster. So they could have been. I think would they be the only 
third tier team to get into the final? Probably. I don't know. Call in if you know yeah. the answer. Um, Portsmouth, yeah. obviously. I mean, there's they, how many times they won the FA Cup, Andy? Uh, is it well twice? It is twice. Yeah, it yeah. Is twice. They 2008, obviously classic. Shout out, love that. Wang, love, Wang, love Wang, that score. Yep, what love a dream squad. team. Um, their other being in 1939, and because of obviously the war, they hold this weird record of like being the longest ever holders of the FA Cup because they obviously didn't lose the FA Cup until the like the 45-46 season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they were actually FA Cup holders for like six odd years. So (laughs) no one no one can topple them. Unless you're gonna win the FA Cup seven times in a row, they'll probably hold that record forever, which is quite interesting. Or another world war, but fingers crossed not. That is that is nuts, but yeah, mm. that, that I gotta say that that two thousand and eight squad you had like Carnu, you had Diara, you had like oh, you had who else did you have? Cranchar was it Nico Cranchar in that team? Was that is it? a shout. Yeah, I'm yeah. positive he was. You had was Sol Campbell playing for him at that point? I don't remember. Was it Campbell in that squad? It was it was some apps. Peter Crouch, hey. Defoe. Was it Peter Crouch and Sol Campbell? Sol Campbell was the captain. That's I didn't even remember him playing for them. I know Glenn Johnson was in there. I'm yes. positive Glenn Johnson was kicking around. Um, I've googled it now, so now I'm just cheating. Papa Booba Diop. Oh, um, big man. Me- Milan Barosh was in that side. Oh. Milan Barosh, number nine, lining up against David Nugent at number ten. What a what a dream team. Sully Montari, Sylvan Dastan. Oh, you yeah, love Carly it. You just got you got to love it. Yeah. Unbelievable! They were the people's champion that year, certainly. I remember when it is when they it was when they beat Man United on one uh, 0 wasn't it? Old Trafford and like Diara was it Diara scored a penalty or wherever it was. It was Sonny Montari who got a penalty, didn't they? And he they beat him in the semi final, and then they went to win on the final. It was great. Because they played Cardiff. Was it Cardiff? Was it Cardiff? They it played was Cardiff. Yeah, 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 it was. So and this again popped up when I was doing my research, and I thought that is unbelievable. Do you know which Cardiff striker was very controversially like, ruled out of action on the day? Because they wouldn't say whether he was going to play until like 90 minutes for the game. No, I don't. Who was it? Robbie Fowler. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even... That blew my mind. I, I sort of yeah. assumed that was a different era. But yeah, Robbie Fowler was still kicking about for Cardiff at the time. Got wild. Absolutely wild that was, yeah. Mm. That's that's some mad facts. That yeah, that's mm. brought a smile to my face. That at Portsmouth teams, I think he, uh, they lo- everyone loved him at that point, and when they won the FA Cup, cool. Well, let's march on. And Joe, let's talk about possibly. I, you know, everyone's talking about it's possibly the shock of the FA Cup first mm. round. Talk to me about Charlton versus Cray Valley. Was it Isthmian Southeast Division? Cray yeah. Paper Mills, please. I would love to. And actually, I've only just realised we chose the two televised games. Like, as we were talking about, I was like, I, I actually watched both of these games. So we, did choose, we chose the two televised games. So Good, yeah. hopefully the yeah the, the, the baying masses have uh, some knowledge of, of what went on and you're not only relying on my dulcet tones to, to tell you about what happened. But yes, a famous result for Cray Valley Paper Mills. One all at the Valley. Um, it's not looking good for Cray Valley Paper Mills after nine minutes when they go one nil down to Scott Fraser's goal, um, and then nothing happens for the rest of the half. So, whoops. Um, but then, whatever Steve McKim has said at half time has clearly had an effect because Cray Valley Paper Mills come out three minutes in, a fantastic 
sort of wide forward play by Kirill Lisby, shout out Kevin Lisby, um, yeah. taught him everything he knew, um, fizzes a ball across the face of the goal and Lucas Ness turns it into his own net. Disaster. Front post as well. I always mm. think they're the worst ones. Just just don't score an own goal, Lucas. Like, maybe try that one next time. Um, 1-0. And then the rest of the game just plays out as, as, as expected. Nothing happens. Lots of added time. Lots of substitutes. Great value. Actually, were pretty good value for a draw. Yeah. They, they played pretty well over the, well, not 90, 101 minutes all in. Um, probably not helped by the fact that Michael Appleton... Did he not? I think he changed all eleven players. I didn't even <laughs> think that was allowed. I thought you had to have. I know in some of the cups, anyway, you have to have like X amount of players from your weekend before in the in the team. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he changed all eleven players and was rightfully put in his place by the titans of Cray Valley Paper Mills, um, who get a deserved yeah. return leg now, get a deserved replay. I, I don't really know when it's played, but I back that very highly. In yeah, the... that'd, that'd be that'd be a tough game, especially if it's mm. been like loads of rain around there, and, and it'll be a lovely exactly. dodgy pitch and anything. Yeah, for the Badgers happened. Sports Ground. <laughs> Was it called the Badgers Sports Ground? The Badgers Sports Ground. Love the that. capacity it just seems like a very generic one thousand, but I I don't believe that for a second. I, I think there apparently is a ground which has a hundred. Uh, sorry, uh, a stand which has a hundred seats in it. But other than that, I imagine it's just a free for all, bit of rope and. Get them in. Charge more tenor to get there to watch watch Charlton versus Cray Valley Paper Mills, and away you go. It's, it's superb, and it's, again, this is why we love the cup, right? Like, there's these teams that, you know, that that result for them being televised, going to the valley, taking all the fans, you know, that will probably give them enough money to sustain them for the next couple of years, right? Absolutely mm. fine. Like that is just excellent, and I, I bet I bet the replay will be televised. I wouldn't be surprised if the replay's televised, or if it's you know it's got some coverage, which will just provide some great great you know publicity and and marketing for the club but like you said they were great value for it yeah yeah you can expect you're going to expect Charlton to be peppering the goal right they're a league one side you know and I suppose the biggest compliment Charlton can give to Cray Valley Pebbles they're bringing on people like Alfie May on the 60th minute to try and Mm. change the game up try and try and make something the game you wouldn't do that against you normally wouldn't do that against the lower league opposition unless they're playing out their skin and they're, you know, they're providing a really, really good fight. So, you know, the stats were all in Charlton's favour, completely to be expected. But yeah, I think Cray Valley were very, very good value for their draw. And I think they very much deserved it. Like if you're going to be, if you, if yeah, technically, you know, it was an own goal that was it, but just look at the build up to the goal. It was excellent, excellent you know, play from the defence into the midfield. Lovely ball to Lisby on 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 the on the uh, on the wing, and a really dangerous cross. Like it's, it's one of them crosses where it's an absolute defender's nightmare to deal with that because you either let it go and there's you know the Cray Valley person behind you anyway going to slot it in, or you deal with it. The guys deal try to deal with it. It's gone in, but you know it, it was very much deserved. I think a lot of us think you know okay well they look at the stats are 25 shots to eight and it was an absolute domination it really wasn't like it really wasn't that a lot of these shots went over the bar there was you know the keep the keepers made some good saves don't get me wrong but there's a lot of times where the keepers just you know letting the ball go out for a goal kick and 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 it's gone over the stands it wasn't it wasn't i think the game paints a picture of a domination but i really don't think it was and top notch to crave valley paper mills i'm I, i think it was one of them games where it was a free hit for him and, and they've come up trumps and uh, you know, let's, let's see what they can do. If they get turned over seven nil at home, it doesn't matter because their fans will see 
a team like Charlton coming to their stadium with their fans that they're bringing, it'll just it'll, it'll provide them as much, you know, fortune and just memories and experiences that they'll remember for ages, won't they? It's just great to see. Agreed. And actually, on the stats front, they may well have looked like they dominated the stats, Andy, but they, the the one that matters, the one that real football aficionados look out for, they lost twenty two to twenty four on the throw in front. So they got they you know how are you going to expect to win games when you kind of win the throwing battle? Also, there's an interesting statistic here which absolutely backs up your Charlton were sort of bombs away with their shots, but nothing near the goal. Twenty five shots in total, eighteen goal kicks. Yeah, for Cray Valley. I mean, that keeper's he's having a nightmare. He's I'm not even saving anything. He's just legs worn out from yeah. Goal kicking, but I've also got another couple of facts for you. Um, weirdly, actually, this has thrown me because I didn't make this connection until about 10 seconds ago. Charlton Athletic have won one FA Cup, um, mm. and it was it, it was that 1946 47 season one. Wow, so we we're just talking about Portsmouth having their sort of longest ever streak as FA Cup with holders, mm-hmm. and it was Charlton that took it That's... off them. How weird! What a weird, mad coincidence that is. That's I'm I'm audibly shocked. I I don't know what to say. We're going to have to move on immediately to the next yeah. game so I can recover. We are and and the the pod pick. We're going for the yes, pod pick. And, we are. Uh, we'll both. Talk I've downplayed that massively. Actually, this is yeah, an yeah. excellent game. Like this isn't me recovering. This is going to yeah. be for six again. Oh man, this you know. I... I don't think anyone will be surprised, but our pod pick is an FA Cup game and it was the absolute barnstormer that was Swindon versus Aldershot. Uh, an 11-goal thriller and and one result I didn't see. Firstly, I didn't see coming. And first, secondly, how Swindon let Aldershot go 7-0 up? Yeah. <laughs> 7-0 up. That's, like, that is absolutely... Barn, uh, Barney's. I I don't even know what I can think. It it's just mm. blows my mind how that happened. But I'm not telling a lie. Aldershot went seven nil up in this game in four in fifty eight minutes. Seven nil up in fifty eight minutes. Like this is nuts. So I've seen the highlights. At, like within forty seconds, Aldershot score. Great goal by Barham, and then thought, okay, my towels are up. My my towels up now, Barham, and now I'm going to go score again on the fourth. Great goal again. Brilliant finish on the fourth minute. Stokes gets on the act. It's 3-0. This is nine minutes in the game. So the 3-0 up in, in nine minutes, which is crazy. Then nothing happens for pretty much the, the most of the first half. And then at, right at the end, Tolladge thinks, you know, Screw it! I'm gonna be. I fancy four nil. Four nil at half time. That'd be a nicer team talk. Nicer team talk from the manager, and then just just a nice little cherry on top of the cake. So goes four nil half time. Well, the managers think like, okay, lads. Well, let's just. Normally they've said let's just shut up shop, and yeah, we're in the second round. You know they're not going to come back from this. No, let's put our foot back on the metal. And Harry's scores in the forty seventh minute to uh to make it five nil. Uh, Tolage you know, wasn't content with one goal, gets his second goal on the 51st. And this is 6-0 after 51 minutes. And then Byron thinks, well, you know, I want the plaudits. I want to be the, the main man for today. So let's just finish my hat-trick on the 58th minute. So 58th minute, it's 7-0. 7-0, and all the shot away from home. They're not, they're not at home. You would think maybe 
it would be lesser a shock if they're at home. No, they're away. They're away to League Two Swindon, who have been very free scoring this season and 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 not doing too bad. Um, and then Swindon decide, well, screw it. You know, might as well just score a few goals to make it interesting. Kemp gets one on the seventy fifth minute and the seventy eighth to make it seven two or two seven. And then Charlie Austin comes off the bench. When when did he come off the bench? It was. Well, did he start? No, he started the whole game. Bloody hell. What was he doing for 90 seconds, 92 <laughs> minutes? Um, and then, uh, yeah, scores in the 92nd and the 95th minute to make it 4-7. 11 goals of absolute bliss. But I can't believe how good all shot played in this game. They absolutely tore Swindon a new one and probably a second one as, as well at the same time. Unbelievable. Um, the stats show, you know, and the mad thing is as well, it's only nine shots on target in the whole game for all the shot. Seven goals. It's like an 80% score. It's an 80% like score ratio. To be fair, shots on target, shots on target for uh, Swindon, six and four. It's still not bad at all, but this game was pure and utter domination um, for, from start to finish. And some of the goals that they scored were... It was just like there was no midfield in for Swindon, and they were just popping the ball through the defence at will. The amount of through balls that just came through, and the Swindon fence just stand there thinking it's offside, but the guys just gone behind them and scored a lovely goal. It just blew my mind. I just don't know. Firstly, I don't know what Flynn's going to be talking about half time. Firstly, when they're four 0 down, but what do they say to the lads after a seven four humbling? I just don't get it, but uh, you know, ten subs used—you got to love to see it. You know, four—you know, four was it four four one two for a uh, formation, three four one two random, you know, formation from all the shot, which clearly worked. But this game just keeps surprising me every time I look at it, and it just—I think it's just also what the FA Cup is all about and why we love it so much because it just brings out these absolute games that you just can't explain. But when you watch it back, you're like, I wish I was there. I wish I was on the ground watching this game unfold. What about you, Joe? I think you've summed it up. You've captured you've captured my interest and excitement about this game all in a all in a very short space of time. It's the uh, it's the magic of the FA Cup as they yeah. as as the BBC constantly push, um, yeah. and often it isn't. Often watching two reserve Premier League teams draw one all and go to penalties and Man City win it again isn't the magic of the FA Cup but this is the unbelievable game of football buzzing for Aldershot Town and Tommy Widrington their fearless manager um, commiserations to Swindon for playing a part in what is or what was an excellent game Um yeah, I can't get enough. I can't give you the throwing stats because apparently they just bin them off for this game. Yeah, I can't find the throwing stats for this game anywhere. Um, you'll have to suffice with sort of what I thought was an astonishingly weak uh, record breaker sort of stat yeah. thrown out there. Obviously, Aldershot Town are the first non-league side to score seven goals against a league opposition in an FA Cup yeah. game. It was like, oh, really? Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, see, didn't see that coming. Um, so yeah, that <laughs> that one, that one isn't that surprising. Um, I don't think Swindon. I don't think I can entertain any um, 
sort of good FA Cup fact for you um, because they've done nothing in the tournament to date and their first entrance was in 1886. So they had a long time to do something. Um, but they are sort of successful in other cups, most notably the Wiltshire Cup. Nice. Which they won for six consecutive years from 1886 to 1892. So actually they joined both cups in the same year, presumably when they started, presumably Swindon Town were created, not created because they were playing amateur football before then, but they, they entered the cups anyway in 1886. And uh, yeah, if only they had translated their success in the Wiltshire Cup into the FA Cup, more people might, well, not know of them, everyone knows of Swindon, but might care more about them. Sorry, yeah, Swindon. Yeah. Unnecessarily brutal for a team that have just lost 7-4, but get better letting the fl down we want we yeah. want the fl to just thump every non-league side that they come up against um just to prove our domination but unfortunately not this time and it's it's like they're actually on a pretty good run of four in all the shots so they won they've won three out of the last four they only just lost to Dorking Wanderers um on on the weekend last weekend they're only seventh in the national league they're not and and goals for 32 goals against 32 bang on zero goal difference like they're not a team which you know you think yeah, yeah on the start of the game you think oh yeah they're going to win 7-4 i know don't many teams will think they're going to win 7-4 but you didn't <laughs> it just makes it even more of a even more of a shock that they even scored seven goals but it it just, it just also says to me, you get four goals like right at the end of the game. The where was the where was where was the fight at the start of the game? You know, you know, at seven nil, all the shots are just going to shut. You know, you're just going to like down tools. They're like, oh, that's my, we're, we're through. There's no absolute way they can get back in this game, and that's the only time where Swindon got in and actually got goals. So, where was the fight at the start of the game? Where was the where was the application? You know, I'd be tearing my hair out if I was Flynn and be like, what the hell was I watching? And I just hope this result isn't one of them results which derails the whole season for Swindon because you know they're 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 getting there or thereabouts in the kind of like promotion slash like um, playoff zone. I, this is the kind of game that could humble them so much that their confidence is just shot. You never know. I know they haven't had a good run of results recently, but you just don't want it to completely derail their season. This is the kind of result that can do it definitely. I love that. The thought of a team getting pasted by Aldershot and it just it sends them into a spiral which they just cannot arrest. They're just yeah. they're done for the whole season now. I'd bad yeah. bat that to be fair. I actually I actually wouldn't if that were an actual result from, from this game, I I don't think I'd be too upset because that would be very, very I was gonna say funny. It wouldn't be well, it'd be funny for me, it wouldn't be funny for them. But yeah, I'd I don't know. I I, I might keep a close eye on that now. See yeah. the what what the Aldershot effect does to Swindon. We'll, we'll look back in our season review shows at the end mm. of the series and be like, that was the result. That was the kicker. Absolute kicker. Well, that is our that is our game week review, um, mm. including the podcast pick. It flew by, to be totally honest. So, you know, I really enjoyed it, Joe. Um, I suppose what one thing we didn't talk about, um, which we'll, we should come back to, is, you know, obviously the championship happened this weekend and we didn't really go through the table and what the table looks like for the for the season. So let's do that quickly hmm. um, before we finish. So um, in terms of the game week, obviously the two big results, uh, two big, uh, apart from the one we reviewed, the two big results were Leicester lost. That was a shock, firstly, losing, uh, losing at the weekend to Leeds, which was the Friday night game, wasn't it? 1-0. Yeah. Um, 
puts Leeds in a really good position just behind Ipswich, seven points behind Ipswich. And Ipswich came back from 2-0 down at Birmingham to, you know, two Marcus Harness goals, come back at 2 all within a 10-minute period. That's really good resilience from Ipswich and that'll do them the world of good. Um, obviously got Rotherham on Tuesday night, which I'll be watching um, at home. It's on telly, which I'm very much looking forward to. So it's, there's no change at the top of the table, but if Ipswich win their game in hand, they're only one point behind Leicester, which is brilliant. Fine times. Uh, I know, fun times. Then we have Leeds on 28 points. Southampton on their recent resurgence has certainly come back and they're on 27 points. West Brom, which we talked about, obviously they're now on a bit of a run. They're on fifth in 26 points. Carbaran. Uh, working his magic and Preston who have been on a barren run of form they couldn't buy a win did get a win at the weekend it puts them back into the playoff zone on 25 points on on sixth place and then we have uh, Rotherham who got obviously the draw at QPR um, uh, on the weekend or at home so they're on uh, 10 points on 22nd QPR on nine points on uh, after playing a game more and then Sheffield Wednesday again uh, six points uh, still can't really buy a win. Uh, yeah, I think they're doomed personally. But yeah, that is the championship <laughs> table. So yeah, it's it, it's the, the mid table shuffle is really becoming a mid table shuffle in the championship. So between sixth and if we look at fourteenth, it's only six points. So it's just this that's and let's just send a note to Norwich. They are I I, I think. Probably Wagner's on the chopping block. I think. I think he's probably one of the next managers to go. They are, they are on a downward spell. And Coventry. I think Robbins is in trouble as well. I think he's Coventry can't buy a win. He can't score, really. Um, and yeah, that's that's troubling times for for Coventry this season, Joe. I think as well. Yeah, Coventry. I didn't expect them to do very well this year. I have to say, but not this badly. They yeah. are. They are. Di- they are diabolical at the moment. Yeah. Uh, four straight losses and not looking good. No, no bueno. No bueno. As you would say, woof. Absolutely. <laughs> good. Um, okay, well, that is our that is our full game route review done. And mm. uh, that comes us to the end of the pod because there is no Canvey Island update. I suppose, Joe, do you wanna um do you wanna tell the listeners of our amazing predictions for this for this week or lack of predictions which we yeah because we forgot about FA Cup weekend didn't we we did well yeah we did it we did yeah we're just not very good at our jobs um we managed to select two games which don't take place until next weekend um and we we did actually choose one correct championship game that we accidentally like you know we accidentally selected that was on this weekend um and it ended nil nil, which neither of us predicted. So that's nil par for each. And then what was meant to be our bonus game, Canvey Island versus Chatham, got postponed because of the yeah. rain. So just no saving grace, really. Our, our predictions have got so bad that we can't even predict doing the prediction league correctly. Like it's just, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say at this point. It's just abandoned ship, left, right, and centre. The, the the boat watchers would would throw us overboard, but. Yeah, I, I guess we'll keep an eye on Canvey Chatham and see when it gets rearranged because I'm I'm yeah. keen to see Canvey turn them over five two and and vindicate me fully. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna hold tight. We're just gonna wait for Peterborough Cambridge and Tramway versus Forest Green next week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like like the like the lottery does, it'll roll over into next week. And uh, <laughs> with bated breath, we'll wait and see if we can get a six point haul in mm. the uh, 
in the predictions league, which will be a first. And if that happens, I'm, I'm probably seven. last. Yeah, yeah. probably last. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, well, we'll finish it there. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Obviously, listen to us on all the major podcasting platforms: Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Share of us, share of us with your friends, your dogs, you know, your cats, whoever mm. animal you want to share it with. We we don't discriminate on this channel. Um, and uh, make sure you follow us on the Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you follow us and uh, inter- in, uh, interact with us. And and we we always try and share the latest news happening in the AFL and what's going on and uh, keep you informed. And we can't wait to do this again next week, Joe. Any final mm. thoughts? No, you're very good at sort of wrapping up. You're very good at summarising. I'm a bit of a waffler when it comes to stuff like that, but you're very to the point. You hit all your keynotes. Everyone knows to go away and share it with their friends on the socials and stick it on for the dog when you leave the house and you're leaving exactly. your dog in the house, but not for too long. Um, yeah, no. Very, uh, so that it gets that the perfect example. My answer there should have just been no, <laughs> but I've just taken up 30 seconds of everyone's lives. So apologies. Well, on that note, we won't take any more of your time. And, uh, thank you for listening to the FL Sesh podcast, and we'll speak to you very, very soon. Ta da.